Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And you and I personally know that when someone we love has died, we miss them. We wonder where they are now. Are they all right? Can they see and hear us? We long for a sign that death is not the end, that someday we will meet again. And our guest today has been on that journey. And today we'll hear about her devastating journey from loss to love and hope. Meet Sandy Walden, who is the author of The Acorn Journal, Messages of Connection from the Other Side. In addition to being an author, Sandy is a hypnotist, a Reiki master, teacher. She's offered workshops and private coaching. And you can find out more or contact her on her website, which is sandywalden.com. So without further ado, a warm welcome, Sandy Walden. Welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. And we actually met on an afterlife research and education uh, discussion Zoom meeting. <laughs> That's right. Many months ago, both being members of AREI, and I'm thrilled and grateful that you sent me a copy of your book. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to this today. Yeah, we always love to share. And I think it's the heartache and grief that brings us, most of us listeners together, to listen to this show. And it's brought what brought me into talking about it. So to hear just from another soul who's experienced loss and now has some great evidence and reasons for hope is awesome. So you're in Wisconsin as we talk That's on this right. fine morning in March. <laughs> and I'm home in Massachusetts. So, Sandy, how does your story begin? Our story began 4 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, um, December 18th of 2010. The front door, there was a knock on the front door, and when I looked through the window, I saw two sheriff's deputies I opened the door and they asked if I was um, Mike Walden's mom. And when I said yes, you heard those words that everybody imagines and hopes they never do. We regret to inform you. And they came in um, and told us that our youngest son, Mike, had taken his life at some point the day before. I'm so sorry. No matter Thank what you. we're going to be talking about on this episode, I know that grief is the hardest thing, and I cannot even imagine a parent's loss. So, yeah. Thank you. That was the beginning. You know, at the same time, even as we talk, I think about the day of the funeral, and I could almost hear myself saying again and again to every person who was so kind to us, saying, I don't believe we could die until it's our time. And while I would have preferred to have had Mike here yes. for at least a day longer than my natural life, it felt as though he was still with us in a different way. Without a doubt, Grief is a long road to be on. Um, but I do know that in my hands I hold a pretty powerful book with some acorns on it. Were you someone who believed in the hereafter previously? 
or is that a fair question? It's a fair question. Yes, I absolutely always have believed there was more. In fact, Mike and I used to spend a lot of time talking about that kind of thing. Um, we read a lot of science fiction books, and we'd discuss them, and we'd have what somebody else might call an argument. I always thought it was a friendly conversation <laughs> 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 about possibilities and what might be real mm-hmm. and would it be on life in other planets? Would it be in different realms, another dimension? What might it look like, feel like? But there was a, an absolutely core belief that nothing ends, it simply changes. Yeah, it's a great way of putting it. Yeah. And then what happened? Because I'm, maybe I could ask how much time went by before you first started seeing signs or thinking they might be signs or is this coincidences or what happened? Mm-hmm. Mike died, as I said, on um, December 17th. So we had this lake home a few hours away from our house, which our boys loved going to. It was Mike's favorite place. Um, and I had gone up in March. So it was about three months after. And I'll never forget calling my husband, who hadn't accompanied me, accompanied me and saying, oh, my goodness, we must have a squirrel or a mouse or something because there's some acorns in the middle of the floor in the living room. That's weird. And it was. And I picked them up, and they they were in great shape, and there were no bird seed or droppings or anything like that. But I didn't think anything of it other than a critter must be in the house. Um, And later on, I went to go put on my slippers, and there was an acorn in the toe of my slippers. That's strange, yes. It is again. But again, okay, there must be a critter. So, And I had even talked to a friend of mine that lived up there, and her immediate response was, oh, you've got chipmunks. They're coming in your house. Now you're going to find bird seed, and you're going to see the droppings all over. So I wrote these things down. I didn't realize at the time that this was a connection to Mike, And I didn't want to jump to a conclusion, but I didn't want to completely poo-poo things. So I started writing things down very factually so that I could look at it um, in the most honest way because I know that perspective changes when we look back and we enhance our memory, even when we're trying to be very honest. Yes, we do. So as time went on, we just kept finding acorns in the most amazing places um, under a pillow. (laughs) Weird, yeah. Exactly, or on the edge of a mattress, but always perfect. Never any scratching, never any droppings around, never any bird seed or anything else to indicate that um, a neighborhood animal had brought it in the house. Uh And that was what eventually helped us to realize that, oh, yeah, this is somebody talking to us. Did you have anything with the acorn that was mutual between you and Mike prior to, or was it just these acorns started appearing? There had been nothing about that, but Mike was a, a really playful guy. You know, he is someone who laughed a lot, who loved to tease and play jokes on people. And what you, what you have no way of knowing is that where this home was on this lake, we were surrounded by oak trees. So acorns were plentiful. 
but there had never been one in the house before this. So this was a whole new game he decided to play. Which I think, I mean, I've done so many interviews now and I've heard many stories of signs. And my guess is if someone who's in the spirit world finds something that they can easily manipulate, and especially if he gets a reaction, oh, let's just, I could just imagine him going, well, let's put one in the toe of her sock. Let's put one in, on, you know, a couple under the pillow. Why not? Why not indeed? And because they were so in your face. Yeah. I mean, yes, I've, I've always had a really deep, absolute belief. And I don't even want to say um, belief a knowing that there's more, but I also like to really question things and show me and prove it to me and let me make sure it can't be anything else first. And my husband is very much a a brass tacks kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And Mike knew this. So for him to be subtle, he probably knew we would have ignored for a while. Yeah, they sound pretty in your face. And your book is the Acorn Journal. So it's actually like your journal entries on things that happened. That's exactly right. Wow. What, where else did you find him or what other kind of things, um, it, yeah, have happened? <laughs> Playful I know, things. I know there's a lot, but yeah. Yeah, really silly things. Um, for instance, when one of, uh, we had guests who came and when they came upstairs the next morning, uh, because they stayed in the bedroom in the lower level, it was a walkout basement and they came upstairs. We were all having coffee out on the deck and, one of them looked up and said, ah, ha, ha, we got your joke. Nice, nice going. And I had no idea what they were talking about. And um, she said, well, there were three acorns under the pillow last night. Oh, so, you did it. Oh, my goodness. I just roared. Oh, yeah. They were convinced it was me because I might have a reputation for playing the joke on somebody from time to time. Um, but, of course, I had no idea. And the thing is... I had freshened that room before guests came, put new sheets on the bed, new pillowcase. There had been nothing there. So Uh my mind says, how does this happen? Do Uh they show up? Do they show up a little at a time? Is it like a movie? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, there, There was another time I was pulling a sheet down from a shelf on a closet a friend had come up to the lake with me and we were going, she was going to have a Reiki session. So I pulled a sheet out to put on the Reiki table and I was absolutely rained on as acorns came out of that sheet. Oh my gosh. That's pretty funny. Oh, she thought it was a hoot because they all bounced off of my head. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a great book, uh, quote in your book by Mitch Album: Death ends a life, not a relationship. Could there be more clear proof of that? Wow. Wow, wow, and wow. It's so, and it's so clear that he is who he always was. Very playful. Very here I am. Pay attention. Notice. Yeah. And what a great way to come through as well. You have two other boys, correct? We do. Yes, that's right. Mike have, was the youngest. Have they gotten any of these acorns or your husband? They've not. They, they've had the experiences when they were with us, but not in their own homes. 
So they've seen the acorns at the when we were living at the lake house, and they they would even find them from time to time. But um, they've not had the acorns at their homes. If they have, they haven't told me. I guess I should ask them directly. Yeah, who knows? And now you've moved homes. You're not no longer at the lake house. That's right. And I don't. Are there acorns and oak trees as plentiful where you live now? <laughs> Very few, very, very few. few. Um, very few acorns, very few oak trees. We're in a small town now. We're not living on an acre filled with oak trees. And we wondered if it would stop. But I was pulling out a box of some pictures one day, scanning them into my computer, you know, so that I won't lose all the old photos. Mm-hmm. And when I got to the bottom of the box, there were five beautiful acorns. Hmm. Now, I'd been carrying that box back and forth for a couple of days. Certainly, there were things that had moved around. Why didn't I hear them? Right. So, so they're continuing here in this home as well. How has it impacted your husband? He loves it. He just he gets a great big smile on his face and uh, says, Oh, yeah, that's Mike again. I, I don't think there could be a more healing event for any of us. Right. And I think, Sandy, that so many times it's easy to kind of brush off something that could be a sign as, oh, maybe I didn't know that was there or whatever it may be. Oh, there's plenty of birds around, so maybe that perfect cardinal's feather could have just been there. You know, I mean, this it's easy, I think, for our rational minds to try to brush that off, that it's just a coincidence. But again, from some of these other stories I've heard from so many people, it's those kind of things. And once you're kind of locked on one kind of thing, which is the acorn, I really think our friends who are in the hereafter can utilize that. I think you're absolutely right. Um, and it's, I don't believe that those are the only signs he sends, mm-hmm. but some of the other things can be much more subtle. Right. And it's easy to say, well, the radio station that plays Queen, every time my husband turns on the radio, and no offense to the Queen, I love them. He really never liked them at all. And he used to go back and forth with Mike. And Mike liked them a lot. My husband turns on the radio. Unless you're playing, I don't know what you'd have to be playing, classical music, Queen comes on one of the first songs if he's listening. Oh, that's great. It's hilarious, and he no longer turns it off. He just laughs and says hi to Mike and listens to the song. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't it be easy to say, well, it's a rock station, they're going to play it. Yeah, but there's millions of bands out there, right? Right. And I think you kind of have to listen to that inner knowing, because if you're listen, willing to listen to what your gut tells you, you know, oh, yeah, this is a coincidence, and isn't it wonderful, and doesn't it bring back a good memory? Mm-hmm. And there's a slightly different feeling when it's a message. And I think if you're willing to listen to yourself, you know that feeling. And I think it's great advice to keep a journal, like you have the acorn journal, because left to our own devices, it really is easy to brush off some things as coincidences, synchronicities. But 
when you can go back and look at the journal entries and go, okay, three acorns that day, this, this day, this, this day, suddenly, you know, you're following a path here. There's something much more to it. For me, it was really important. And even, I mean, I'll go back and read it myself Mm -hmm. because (laughs) the memory is what it is and it can play tricks on all of us. And when I started noticing things like the only times we ever had an acorn that was damaged was when we were about to receive news that someone had died or that somebody was dying, was going home to hospice to die. Interesting. That's the only time we ever had an acorn that was damaged. And it was three different occasions. Huh. And one of the times they were, it was actually in a towel. I'll never forget because I, I almost yelled at my husband. Um, we'd gotten a call that my dad was going into hospice care. So he was coming home to live his last days. And so we were up at the lake. So we were cleaning up to come home. And I went into the bathroom that was on the lower level. And there was a towel bar that's in the middle of the wall. It's not near a shelf. There's nothing that can get to it. But there was a towel that was crunched up on the towel bar. And I was getting all ready to yell at him because it drives me crazy. Towels don't dry properly like that. Until I realized he hadn't used the bathroom. I was the only one who had when I'd given the dog a bath. Uh I pulled the towel off and there were damaged acorns inside of it. That was the day we'd gotten the call to say that my dad was coming home for hospice care. Mm-hmm. There was no way. And again, I'd called him into the room, take a look. Is there any way for a critter to get here? This was our, um, I'm not sure exactly how to say, this was sort of our process when one of us would find one to ask the other one, take a look at this. Is there a different possibility? It's the middle of the wall. Crazy. And good crazy. It's fabulous. Yeah. Tell us about the book, The Acorn Journal. What had you say, I've got to put this together, these stories together? Actually, a friend of mine, um, the woman who first began editing, was the one who we were having a conversation on the phone one day about some different things. And um, she said, you do know you've written a book. I said, what are you talking about? She said, I've read so many of your writings. Um, she said, you've got a book. And I let me show you what that'll look like. So she helped to lay some things out and said, I think that it might help some people to know about this story. I said, okay, I think that makes sense. Well, yeah, and you had so much of the material with the journal entries and... Gosh, I love, I'm looking through it now, lots of pictures of acorns, but you've got pictures of your family, of Mike, baby Mike. Mm -hmm. I can see at the end here, the picture of him with a smile. It's like, it's got the devil in his eyes, you know, like, um, absolutely. that's great. (laughs) It's who he was. Um, And I think that that's why these messages are so... They're such a joyful thing because mm-hmm. they feel humorous, like Mike was. Right. And it's not a huge book, so it's easy to digest and get inspiration. And it just new, uh, recently published, just this past November. 
That's right. Yeah, congratulations. It's, it really is beautiful. Thank you. It is. And what, if I can ask, I know you've got several um, Amazon reviews, but what has been the reaction to folks who are grieving that read the book? Mostly what I'm hearing from people, a few have done reviews, mostly people are contacting me and saying that it helps them to hold out hope that they'll be able to be aware of what the signs are from the person that they're missing. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people don't, um, sometimes it's hard for us to make that quiet moment to, to hear the voice that's whispering in our ear or to notice that they keep seeing the commercial that made that person laugh. Right, or hearing that song on the radio. That's right, you know, and, and sometimes when you're in so much pain, you, you brush it off, as you said, or you simply do not notice. We discount it or we question it. Mm-hmm. Well, it couldn't really be this. I must be losing my mind because I'm missing them. Well, maybe it's because we're losing our mind that it's hard for us to focus on it. And that's okay. It's natural. It's normal. It's human. Well, something that tells me is your book is, hmm, how do I phrase it? To hear someone else's signs and to, I mean, there's so, there's so many in your face acorns. That, <laughs> they are. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot that it may be acorns for you, but what could it be for me? And, I have this image that our loved ones are right next to us, especially in times of grief. I think we we all carry on our lives, even in the afterlife. There's things to do, things to learn, et cetera, and so forth. But they can be with us in a moment, you know, in a moment. They can be right by our sides walking with us. And they could be yelling, you know, I'm here, I'm here, showing up in dreams. Or, you know, sometimes I drive in my car and I think of my dad and it might be easy to say, oh, it's just my imagination. But is it? And to open up this belief that not only are they with you, but these signs are possible and we can actually create a dialogue of sorts. Uh, One of my guests had said, to take, whether it's three times a week or a couple times a week, set aside a time and even sit at your kitchen table or dining room table and have your loved one in, you know, picture them sitting in the chair and that you say, okay, I'm going to close my eyes, step closer to me. How do I feel? Um, I'd like to get some signs, like start building that kind of relationship because the relationship doesn't die. And I don't think when we cross over into heaven, the spirit world, the afterlife, that we're given all these miraculous tools that we can make the lights go on and off and all that stuff automatically. I think it's something we actually have to learn to do. And so Mike has found his way in with acorns. And I think we can talk to our loved ones and, you know, encourage them for the signs. And then we do have to pay attention, though. I think you're absolutely right. And the acorns aren't the only signs that Mike has sent. I mean, as I thought about it, I realized he immediately sent a sign. Uh, When Mike died, he was living at home again Mm -hmm. with with my husband and I. And when we we went up into his bedroom, of course. Now, he'd worked at a a foundry. He'd come home and his boots would stink. I'm sorry, they'd stink. (laughs) And so would his hats. And he'd have work boots and he had a whole line of cowboy boots. I don't know if you've ever worn cowboy boots. Nasty. But trust me, your fragrance 
is is embedded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was no smell of Mike in that room, not in his bed, not in his boots, not in his clothes. He was gone. It took me a long time to, because I remember putting my face down into his boots, putting it into his hat, trying to breathe in the cologne he wore or Mm -hmm. the essence of him. So many people say I slept with a shirt for weeks or months or even years, and none of it was there. I think that was the very first sign that he was well and truly gone from this planet, and that was okay. I think it was an it's okay sign. Mm. What kind of other signs have you gotten? Was there something with the number 17 or 19? There was. Uh, the number of acorns he had dropped one time. Um, there were 17 acorns from something, and I'd have to look back into my own journal to exactly remember which time there wa- that was. But there'll also be music. Um, and, and one of the things that I like to do is when I go to bed at night, I'll ask him, if you come to visit me, help me to be aware of it and help me to remember. And I'd like you to please work with the angels and guides because I can be a little slow. So help me to be aware of a message and help me to remember it in the morning. And I'll do the same thing as I go throughout the day because he has, he sends, he plays with music a lot. Mike loved music. He, he played the guitar, he played the violin, and he just loved music. So that's a way he definitely comes through, by playing with the radio stations or um, changing a song. He had some some favorite singers. I'll be listening to the radio, and I'll hear someone like Conway Twitty or George Jones. These are classic country. You don't hear them on what somebody considers a new country station. Right. And I'll hear two or three of their songs in a row. That's Mike. It makes sense to me. It might not make sense to somebody else. But you know when it is. It feels different when it's um, a coincidence. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's more than anything else. I would ask someone, does it feel like a coincidence or does it possibly feel like this connection? Yeah, and that's why I think it's important if we can grab a little journal or if we're using our smartphone go open the notes section and just pay attention. Our minds are so busy. Doesn't it seem so often, Sandy, that we're so busy with technology and everything we need to do? So I agree. And and I'm kind of bossy. So this was my son. Mm -hmm. I figure he had 23 years of me telling him, go left, go right, do things this way. So I imagine I can't see him. I I can't hear him. So our communication is brand new. And I think about my grandchildren. When they're first born, we're learning what the cry means, what the giggle means, what Mm. do these sounds make. I have to learn their language. And they have to learn mine. So I will ask Mike, please, um, I've heard this. If you're trying to talk to me, I would like within a couple of minutes Yes, you know, I, I figure the disc jockey's got some play in here, too. But within so much time, this is who I expect to hear. And I'll get really precise. I would like to hear this singer. I'd like to hear this song, if that works out for you, please, baby boy. And I've had people tell me that that's really far too demanding. And my response is, if he didn't want me to tell him what to do, he should have stayed here where he didn't have to answer the phone or answer the door. <laughs> 
has that happened that the songs have come on that you've asked for? Amazingly often. Mm-hmm. And I always remember to say thank you because could there be a greater gift? Well, it is. It's a different kind of relationship, but it's still a relationship with your son. So why not? I mean, not everybody mm-hmm. is a Sandy Walden or Mike, but we all have our own personality. So why can't our personalities continue on, even how you'd speak to them anyways, you know, it, it, be that. So for anyone who's interested in and wants to keep a journal and try these, I mean, talk to the people like you always did. They're just invisible, but they exist. And if you'd like to see a sign, uh, a lot of people say there's some halls of learning or halls of wisdom, and there's ways to learn these kind of manipulations. I don't even know how energy gets manipulated, but there's ways. There was a there was a man who, uh, my, well, my, first of all, my day job is I'm a caterer, and I work with race car teams. Most of the listeners know that. But one of the uh, crew members on one of my race teams said that his brother-in-law passed away and he was a firefighter and anytime they visit anybody's house the fire alarm goes off the smoke detector i mean and it's just like his little sign you know no matter where they go (laughs) it's going off no question and it's you know their private little joke but it's like oh he's with us so whatever that may be and so we say thank you and as you're telling me that story I had chills all the way up my arms and across my body. For me, that's another indication that this is true. Yes, most definitely. And another one about a song. I got an email from a girl whose younger brother, they were playing with a BB gun or one of those kind of guns, and um, it went off, and the BB got lodged somewhere in this kid's neck. Bottom line, he died. So the sister was feeling just tremendous grief and wanted nothing more than a sign that her brother was okay and feeling just a tremendous amount of guilt because she was involved and they were playing together and she was a young woman she was in her late teens I think and at the time um, my instinct told her me that when you're really deep in the throes of grief our energy is very low but I think when we start feeling better a little bit that it's using our energy is how some of these things get manipulated. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but my advice to her was to take some time, do some of the things she loved doing, listen to the music she loved listening to or the movies or reading books, trying to get her mind off this deep grief and um, regret. And so she wrote me back a few months later and she says the weirdest thing happened. She spent time trying to really care for herself and like I said not not go down that tunnel of blame and um and grief but she says that he had it really uh there was a song that was a weird song and the brother only liked the acoustic version that was never played and that song started coming on all the time <laughs> when she was around and she's just like there's no doubt that that's his sign to me and the difference that that made in her life And then she could now open up this relationship with her brother who's in a different form or formless for our eyes, but that he still existed. I can't help but think that signs make such a difference um, for those of us who are grieving, really do. I absolutely think they do. 
But what you just said is she was open to the experience. Mm -hmm. She was okay with it. It would have been so easy to brush that off and say, isn't that a coincidence? I hardly ever hear this. But instead, she was a place where she could say, this is him reaching out to me. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen my dad's name, which is John, on license plates. And I'd look up at some random sign and there'd be a, say, John on on a billboard or something. I'm thinking, coincidence. No, those are the kind of things where we have to pay attention. They're subtle, but they're there. Or not. Yeah. It's a billboard. <laughs> and it's, I think it's okay to ask them. You know, I'd like a sign. And so what? maybe I'd like it to be that, as you said, that beautiful acoustic form of the song, mm-hmm. something that we shared. Send a sign that I will recognize and that I'll know it's you. Um, people often talk about the feathers. You know, and and I remember I've never asked for feathers, but one day for one reason I decided I'd really like feathers today. And so as I was walking out on the lake, um, I asked Mike to send me feathers, mm-hmm. and I found a pile of feathers in one spot. No dead bird, but there was a pile of feathers. And I think I found three or four feathers. Nice on that little walk. I never found feathers. But what if they've come through and they've done this? And I've got to believe that the physical is more difficult for them to manipulate. Mm-hmm. I don't, it just seems to me that it would be. But sometimes it's just the thought that comes into your mind. Or don't we feel a breeze that we didn't expect? Or a smell? Yes, you definitely. Know? Do you come into a room and smell someone's cologne? Or maybe they were a smoker and you smelled that brand of of cigarette or pipe smoke, something like that. Mm -hmm. I think we can be really far too quick to brush those things off. And as you said, if we write it down or tell someone so that we're not minimizing it or blowing it off, Mm -hmm. it's easier for us to look at when we're in a calm state of mind and say, okay, what is that really? Right. And I know it's a human thing that we don't want people to laugh at us or think we're crazy. And so this can be a very personal journey, but I've found m- the more I've shared things, people are like, you know what? I've experienced that too, or I've had this happen or I've had this happen. And so it's okay. It's okay to believe, you know, we, we live, I think Sandy in this world that we have all these modern conveniences. And if we put ourselves back a couple hundred years ago, like we would never think there's things like the iPhone would exist or the internet or, you know, all these things. So we get used to this technology, but yet we think something like communicating with the hereafter, like that can't be, or signs couldn't be. <laughs> we're strange folks. And I don't, I really don't think by nature of being human, we're supposed to remember 24 seven who we are. I think there's probably something to learn here on earth. You know, that's, we're given the bodies and things, but, um, otherwise we wouldn't need to learn to cook food. Yeah. True. You know, there are things we have to get to do in our human experience. I don't believe our entire existence is intended to be focused on where we were and where we're going. Right. This is part of it. Yeah. I think this is part of it. But I think it's an important part. And one of the things that people tell me all the time is, I'm so glad you shared because maybe I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. It's about making it safe to share. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily agree with everything everybody says. And there's a whole lot of people who don't agree with me. I'm and okay, that's okay. With that. 
but it's safe to have that conversation. Yeah. What if this is this? What if there's more? And you see these big smiles on faces and people are excited because even if they aren't aware of messages that they're receiving, they feel more comfortable about um, being open to the experience Mm -hmm. and sharing it if it does happen. And what do we have to lose? What do we have to lose by talking to an empty chair, believing our loved ones in there and keeping a journal and asking for signs? Nothing. And what do we have to gain? Everything. We have, I mean, grief is the worst thing ever, I think. And to be able to comfort you and give you hope and give you life again. Um, I, I would like to talk a little bit about what you've done for a living these past years because being a hypnotist involved with Reiki, those are things that tell me you know there's something else possible. I agree. They, I've, yeah, I do. I think that there's so much more, um, so much more. And one of the big things for me about this, one of the reasons I really wanted to put it out in the book and share it mm-hmm. is because there's so much stigma around someone taking their own life, yes, suicide. definitely. This great big word that's in bold letters and italicized and underlined, and then we put it under the rug and we can't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And all it is is the way he died. Right. It's just the route he took. So I think that he's okay, always has been, just like is everybody else, just like the person who died of a heart attack or went to, to sleep and took their last breath or had a car accident. So the things I've done for a living have helped me to um, be more comfortable with our subconscious and our energy, that this is a real part of me even though I can't see it like I can see the hand that I'm holding in front of my face. I can't hear it like I can hear your voice and mine, but it's no less real. So doing this work has helped me sort of tie all these things together in a um, a more graceful way, I guess. Mm, that more makes integrated. Sense. Yeah, I mean, I can't see the wireless internet that's connecting us right now. Can't see it. Can't see TV signals or GPS signals or any of it, but very real. But they're real. And I think that's a perfect example. I can't see this. I couldn't explain this to you if I read about it all morning long and I had to tell you this afternoon and I had it written down in front of me. I still don't understand it. I'm okay with not understanding why this phone connection is working uh-huh. or why the, inter- the electricity works. But I know it does. So why would I not trust that there's this connection with my son and and your dad and all these other people that we love just because I can't explain exactly the way it works? There's a book I'm reading, Sandy, called The Intention Experiment, Using Your Thoughts to Change Your Life and the World by Lynn McTaggart. And uh, a lot of times you hear things about um, the power of intention and things, but it's like really on the court examples of things that have happened in real space and time. Even um, one of our guests was talking about, we were talking about how powerful our thoughts were. And he said, if you put a banana in two different rooms, in one room, you're very mean and nasty and say negative things to this banana. And then in the other room, it's just filled with love. The banana that the negative thoughts and words were held to ripens a heck of a lot faster than the other banana. 
So that's that's a pretty <laughs> neat experiment. And in Japan, they did it with a pot of rice. One uh, one jar of rice would stay white, and the other one would turn black. You know, really interesting. But I think now it's not a but. It's just a, it's an I think that we really are souls having a human experience, and when we cross over to the other side, the afterlife, the spirit world, whatever you want to call it, it is our thoughts that create these manifestations. And I think here on Earth we can do it, just takes a lot longer because we have time. But whatever that faculty is that Mike uses to get those acorns in the middle of your floor and the towel or in the sheets that bop you on the head. You know, that's, that's a very real power of intention. And I think, like I said, I think we have it as human beings, but it takes something, but that is our main way of communicating in the next life is through the energetic thought patterns and energy patterns. And I think it's probably also a way um, that we were working together, that we, even though we didn't realize it. You know, after we started accepting that these were messages from Mike, we started hoping we'd find them. Um, and so our intention of discovering a new message, I would like to think, supported or assisted his intention to send us that message. Mm-hmm. Just like if somebody calls me, the, I, I'm not going to get the message if I don't answer the phone. Oh, yeah, that reminds because, me of something else. <laughs> I don't know why I think these things. But when uh, old granny gives you a gift, she'd be more likely to give you more if you send a thank you card. So <laughs> to acknowledge the things that you receive and be grateful for them. Yeah, what else can I cook up? You know, What else can I give to mom and dad? That's what made me think of that. Because otherwise, why would they keep bothering? If you're not noticing, if you're not acknowledging, if you're not feeling better, then they do they really know if it's helping you? They might be afraid that it's making it worse for you. Yeah. And here's a question. They might be afraid of that. <laughs> I want to ask you, I've talked to people that have been stopped in grief 30, 40 years losing a child. Do you feel that these signs, these acorns, have put you back in the driver's seat of your life? I mean, certainly you're going to always feel grief and sadness because his body's no longer there. But has it gotten you, have you been able to live life as opposed to being stopped by grief? Absolutely. And probably in a much shorter time than many people Mm -hmm. will say is expected or is even acceptable for some people. Mike's always going to be a part of my life. Um, But just like my other sons who don't live in my home either, they're a part of my life. Right. So, and I think, yes, I think these acorns have gone a very, very long way, along with the conversations that we always had that there's more, that you're still connected. These acorns have helped a lot, these messages, um, and the willingness that my husband has had to accept them, and um, the fact that it's not, oh my gosh, this means he's gone, this is so sad. It's that hot dog is still part of our life. Mm-hmm. Let's have a party about it. Right. Yeah, I know people. Some of it's a very deliberate choice. The holidays, they still set a seat for their loved one. You know, they're included. We can't see them, but they're here. 
Sandy, I want to ask a little bit. I was snooping around on your website, sandywalden.com, <laughs> and I know you're actively uh, being an, an author now and, and talking about your book, but I do know that you have done a lot helping people through workshops and private coaching. Um, would you mind talking just about a couple of things, or whatever you want, actually? But I noticed that you have some audios available. I don't know if they're CDs or not, but some of the things really um, struck me of interest, like forgiveness, um, healing past life, uh, or healing comma, past life regression. It's two different things. But... Are those things that people can still receive? Absolutely. Um, they're downloads that are available they're online. downloads, okay. Yes, so they're, so they're MP3, so they're downloads. Um, and, in fact, one of them, and I don't even remember which one right now because I don't have it in front of me, That's short okay. memory, you know how that is. Yeah. There's one of them that if any, somebody purchases that the the proceeds go to support the Alliance of Hope for Suicide Loss Survivors. Wonderful. So I think they really matter. And here's the thing. Most of these were written and recorded before my son died. Mm-hmm. But it's about healing where you are in your life. Right. You know, it's, I lost someone to suicide. I've lost people to other means. But people are in grief for so many things. Perhaps they lost a job. Maybe they lost a home. It's not about judging. It's about feeling better. And that's what these recordings are about, feeling better, letting go of the anxiety. For some, it's meeting their angels or their spirit guides. Um, the past lives help us explore who we are. And maybe we're meeting somebody that's in our life right now, or we're understanding better something that we're dealing through. That's what these recordings are about. They're about exploring and healing and feeling better. Yeah, ultimately healing better and giving us power to live again. And talk, would you speak a little bit about forgiveness? It seems to be such a tough thing sometimes to grasp. And you know, I like to make it easy. I like to make everything really nutshell because I've got a short attention span, you know, so things have got to be simple and easy block letters for me. Forgiveness, I don't think has to be all that complicated. It's not about saying that nothing wrong happened got nothing to do with that. Forgiveness is about, I'm letting go of you so you can't hurt me anymore. Maybe not letting go of you, but letting go of an experience or an event so it can't hurt me anymore. Uh-huh. Um, my, my son died. There's, for a lot of people, there's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of anger. Sure. And people, people say really boneheaded things with the best of intentions, but really boneheaded things sometimes. So when you're in a a place of something happening that's life-changing for you, whether it's a car accident, a job loss, whatever, people often say things that that hurt. And that could be the way I've heard it. It could be the way it was said. And I think that forgiveness has got a real place about, okay, it's not going to hurt me. It did hurt me, but I'm letting it go because I want to heal. And when I can let it go, and I'm not energetically throwing jabs at you. I stop hurting you. You heal too. Yeah, that's beautiful. I heard once people said resentment is like 
taking rat poison and waiting for the other person to die. <laughs> you know, like I if we if we don't let go, it eats us up inside. I think it's absolutely true, but I think there is always for I shouldn't say always, but often for people there's really confusion that they think, well, if I forgive that person, it means I'm okay with what they did. Right. It's really not. No. But what the other thing I like to do is take a look at what happened and what can I learn from it? Because I really believe every event in our life from from the smallest things to the most huge has got a gift to sh- to share with us. Mm-hmm. There's a blessing, there's a gift, there's a lesson. I can learn something, maybe I can understand from a different point of view. Maybe I'll do better next time. What is the lesson you got out of um your son's departure. More than ever, that the love never ends. Beautiful. That it never ends. It's helped me to learn trust. Mm-hmm. It's helped me to learn patience. It's helped me to learn compassion. It's helped me to both be kinder to other people and also to set up more firm boundaries that it's not okay to trespass. But to do it without hostility and just say no thank you. And all those are different facets of love, aren't they? Yes. I've said on the show before, there's a certain kind of pine cone that only grows if it's subjected to a huge amount of heat. So it takes these big devastating forest fires, say in California, that will crack open the shell allowing new growth and for so many of us I see that our worst pain our most intense grief is the thing that actually gets us to grow or gets us on the spiritual journey uh, has us do things like you did is take your devastating loss to start recording these acorns create the journal and now you're able to give people hope about the signs that are possible and being able to reach out. And some people may never need to get a sign, but by reading your words, they realize their loved one is still with them. But that wouldn't have come had this not happened. So, like, there was something for each one of us. And I, I agree. I think that those, I think the greatest blessings come from the deepest hurts. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice way of putting it. And I do have to say, if you're someone who's right in the throes of the deepest pain, those night might not be words that you want to hear. But years down the road, you may look back and go, you know what? Had that not happened, this wouldn't be available right now. And good and things. And so much of that is when it's when it's appropriate. It's it's about just holding people, supporting people, and when they're ready. They'll hear it, too. Yeah. Do you have any words of advice for someone who might be listening right now who's really grieving a loss and right in the the throes of it? You know, I think it differs for everybody, but for me, it would just hold on to them, talk to them. They're there. They are with you. They're closer than your breath. They're closer than your heartbeat. Scream at them if you want to. Yell at them. Bicker. It's all right. They can handle it. Talk to them like you always did love them that's beautiful 
Sandy, our time is just about up. Are there any questions I should ask you that I haven't or anything you just feel that you look in your heart and you want to share? Oh, nothing that I can think of, but I'm very grateful for this opportunity. And I really hope that people are are able to see their own connections. Yeah. And are able to feel them because it matters. It matters big time. And for our listener, uh, Sandy's book is available on Amazon. It's called The Acorn Journal, Messages of Connection from the Other Side, One Acorn at a Time. And you can also go to her website, which is sandywalden.com. And as always, in the description of this episode, whether you're listening on iTunes or YouTube or one of the other places I posted, I have links to all of that just in the description. Sandy, who shares the same name as me, <laughs> thank you for being our guest today. I didn't even bring that up, but there's only been one other Sandy on this show. And uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to share the same name with you. And thank you for being our guest and for all that you have done and that you're continuing to do. Thank, well, thank you. you. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Yeah. And oh, I just also want to ask quickly, are you, do you still do uh, any personal coaching or are you, do you welcome oh, yes. people to get in touch with you if they absolutely are interested? Absolutely. Yeah. I love the conversations with people. So yes, I absolutely do do coaching. Um, it's always just about where they want to go. So yes, I'm happy to speak with people. Yeah, that's great. I know I've studied a bit of hypnosis back in the past and it's so amazing how powerful our minds are. And then when we put in the right things, just like what's possible in our life. So uh, whether it's habits to change or things you want to create in the future, it's possible. And we just got finished watching the Winter Olympics. And I think about, you know, left to our own devices. Yeah, I could probably be a pretty good figure skater. But if I had a coach and someone was putting the right things into my mind and practice, you know, I could, well, maybe not now go to the Olympics, but I could do some pretty great things having somebody in my corner. So I do think having a coach is great. You don't look too hard. You won't find me there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this has been a delight. Well, to our listener, thank you for taking the time to listen. And like in Sandy's words, just know your loved ones are right there, even closer than your breath. They're right there. And can you imagine, I don't think they're frustrated with us, but if they can't, if we don't take the time to quiet our minds and to listen or to ask for signs and then quiet our mind and look, you know, it's hard for them to get through, but I totally believe they're with us and supporting us. And when we cross that finish line with our earthly life, they're going to be the first ones to greet us. And Sandy, you'll probably get acorns thrown at you, but... (laughs) It's all right. I'll throw them right back. It'll oh, it'll be great. Oh, but for our listener, thank you for spending the time to listen uh, to this conversation today. And as a reminder, our home base is we don't die radio.com. And you can find now over 240 episodes that are really good. I love them. I love them all. Uh, and also, I do have free for you a very healing audio called How to Survive Grief. Because if this is your first experience with grief, I do think there's nothing as painful and just to get a few 
words of wisdom of how the brain operates and some of the things that you can do to help alleviate the pain and move through it. You know, I offer that to you, How to Survive Grief, that's called. In closing, my name is Sandra Champlain. I've been your host on We Don't Die Radio, and I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on Earth is important. So I want to thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.